Welcome to Geeking Out Over Star Wars. My name is Zachary, I'm your host, and I am joined by my co-pilot as always, Shamari. My dude, what is up? Uh, Star Wars, as usual. Um, boy, I'm, I'm so energized. It's been such a long time since I've been this energized. Well, actually, no, it hasn't been that long since Mandalorian Season 2, probably the finale, but... But yeah, I'm just I'm so energized and, and just all into Star Wars after the last episode of Book of Boba Fett, which I'm sure we'll get to. But oh, man, so yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good, feeling definitely feeling ready for to talk Star Wars. <laughs> One of these days you're going to you're going to come in and be like, what's up? And you're going to tell me about some random show you're watching that's not Star Wars. And I'm waiting for that day. And we just dive into an entire conversation about something not Star Wars on a Star I, Wars yeah. show. Well, I definitely wouldn't do that on this show. But, oh, restraints, um, restraint. I appreciate that. Yeah, You're better no. than me. I feel like, I, you know what? I'd probably be the one. It would be me. Yeah, that would go off topic. But we do have a lot to talk about. And, you know, you're excited for good reason, as is most of the world at the very moment. And we're constantly being fed because we have so much Star Wars. Um, but we did have last night's Book of Boba Fett episode, which was huge, as was the week before that. Um, so we're going to have plenty to talk about on this show, but it isn't the only thing we're going to be talking about. Um, as I said, welcome to Geeking Out Over Star Wars, where we do just that. We geek out over Star Wars. Um, each week, every other week, we try to plan it out. Depends on what's going on in life, but we get together. Shamari and I, we geek out over all things happening in this galaxy. Books, shows, comics, movies, High Republic, sequel era, original trilogy era it doesn't matter we talk about it all we love it all we're always excited to talk about it as i said there's a ton to talk about uh if you like what you hear uh your support means the world to us you can follow us and subscribe to our podcast anywhere you would get podcasts spotify apple audible amazon all those services um two real halves to this show uh the first half is last week we got some news and we get, didn't get a chance to talk about it um but it was announced, Star Wars, Lucasfilm announced, and Respawn announced that they are working on some new games. But not just a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order, which we'll touch on, that's exciting, but two other games as well, a strategy game and an FPS game. So I just want to read the um, official statement that was released, and then we can definitely dive into this news. Um, this is from StarWars.com. From their official blog post, Electronic Arts and Lucasfilm Games announced that they'll join forces once again for three new titles. Um, the next title in the Star Wars Jedi franchise, that's Jedi Fallen Order, a strategy game, and a first-person shooter, all in development from Respawn. Um, so we have the same people back for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, well, from Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, uh, we also have the FPS game, which is um, being developed by Respawn as well, as well as a strategy game that is being collaborated on between Respawn and Bit Reactor. Um, so this is exciting because we're getting more Star Wars games and Respawn did such a good job with Jedi Fallen Order. What are your thoughts, man? Um, it's, it's, I mean, I just think it's very exciting news uh, that we're getting uh, more games from Respawn. They did such a, a fantastic job with Jedi Fallen Order. And, um, and we, of course, we know where the sequel to that game is coming, uh, which is extremely exciting. And I think the fact that they're getting more games is encouraging. Um, I feel like Dice had had been uh, kind of felt kind of stagnant, honestly, in terms of some of the things with Battlefront, and they also it, the monetization um, at the beginning of Battlefront when the, that game first was released was honestly a disaster to me, and and I think the opinion of many others. But it just it it did not uh, work at all. So no, not at all. Uh, so yeah, how Respawn handled it, um, and I guess how you know Lucasfilm Games, it's now Lucasfilm Games, handled th that game was perfect. So if we get more of that, that's exactly what I would want. Um, an FPS game uh, is going to be interesting, because I'm, I'm wondering how it's going to be different from Battlefront. Maybe it'll be more story-driven, uh, possibly, um, because Battlefront 2 went into all the eras, so I'm just, I don't know how... I don't know what else it's going to be, unless it's just more focused, um, which I would encourage. I mean, I like the Battlefront 2 campaign. A lot of people talk about talk about how short it was or how bad it was. I liked it a lot. So if we get more Aiden, 
get more if we just, or if we just get just another story i'll be all for that um i admittedly don't really play strategy games very all at least I, I i don't freak i don't play them very often but um that is very very interesting too so uh yeah i mean it's just good news to me i i i'm very interested about the fps yeah i don't play many strategy games i think the last strategy game i played was tom clancy's end war and i think that was 10 years ago um and i don't know if anybody knows that game but uh the fps i'm very interested in seeing them do and they have a proven track record with first person shooters titanfall is phenomenal oh yeah love titanfall titanfall is fantastic titanfall's a great yeah and they're they're two of the only fps's i've actually played really there's the maneuverability the combat all of it just was fantastic and made for yeah. such a great experience and that's something they can definitely incorporate into star wars because star wars isn't just blasters but there are so many different mo- methods of transportation and getting around people with jetpacks and everything so they can bring yep. that expertise to star wars and i think it'll work um jedi fallen order we all knew we, we knew we were getting a sequel from the moment that the game ended and it left an open open-ended and there had been rumors and it was announced again sort of kind of a few months ago so it's not really a surprise, um, but I I am excited for it. Um, I want to see more of Cal's story. Cal Cal's great. Um, the entire cast of that game is great, so I'm excited for it. Also, um, we have this is only three in in development games, but we actually have a ton of Star Wars games coming out, or a ton on the horizon. We have so besides these three games. So I I know we just talked about those. We also have Star Wars Hunters, which is a combat arena game coming to mobile and Switch. That's this year. We also have the Knights of the Old Republic remake. Uh, We have that Ubisoft open world game that we know nothing about. And then we have Star Wars Eclipse, the High Republic set game coming from Quantic Dream. Uh, So in total, that makes, what, seven new Star Wars games in development? That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Um I'm wondering about um so honestly there's a lot of games I'm wondering about. Um so I've been intrigued with Star Wars Hunters. I'm wondering what what that's gonna look like. Um like I said, there's an Ubisoft game, we don't know anything about that, but um but I like I, Ubisoft. I'm games. worried. I do, but then I, I feel like a lot of them follow a very um familiar structure. Keep hearing uh, that and and I just because you're not the first person to tell me that, and I I just don't care just personally. Fair just personally, fair, fair, no, that's fair. I love Ubisoft games, like, and I, it, I mean, I don't want them to change to for the sake of changing. Some people get tired of the same thing, I guess. In terms of that, I mean, the games and the stories and what they do are different enough for me to where I'm just, I don't know. It's it's my comfort zone. So no, I, I I can respect that because I I feel like yeah. some of it also comes down to not just the structure but the story has to hook me so i've yeah i keep going in and out each year with ubisoft games some i end up loving like i loved origins assassin's creed origins it's my favorite of the assassin's creed games um yes. you know didn't love didn't love odyssey thought it was bloated i loved watchdogs one you know fell off with two and three i feel like it is so there's definitely familiar familiarity which seems to be the the biggest problem people have with ubisoft games i guess i wouldn't mind like a star wars paint job right just a, a different coat of paint on their usual engine and their structure but I, I definitely would like something a little different but but i hear you i for sure hear you yeah it's just me I, I mean i totally get you know wanting something different um or just or just to be honest not really liking is how what the types of games the studio makes too um i mean there's plenty of of just types of games um maybe not studio specifically but there's plenty of types of games that i know i'm just not gonna like so I just don't bother with them. Um, I will say, though, with the Ubisoft open world game, and I talk about how I don't love bloat in video games. I don't like the amount of like an Odyssey had a lot of, I thought, too many side quests that took you away from this, the story too many to the point that like you actually desperately needed them to advance. It was a lot of grinding in the game, but I will say, I, I, I will contradict myself and say that if I needed to do a ton of side quests in an open world Star Wars game, I don't I wouldn't mind being detracted from the main story because it's it's Star Wars. Right? Like yeah, side I quest would... in Star Wars, I'm traveling, I'm got my speeder, I got my own starship. If you're doing all of that, 
I would not have a problem with that whatsoever. Yeah, that I wouldn't mind as much, um, as long as it doesn't get um, as repetitive um, as as it could potentially be. Um, like, for example, with I know with Watch Dogs Legion, um, I which I, I love that game also. I, I like all the I like all those games, but um, the, you do end up doing a lot of the same side missions just over and over and over again. You know, it's just and like they, I, I that I would that would drive me crazy a little bit in like a Star Wars game. As much as I love Star Wars, they would have to add more variety in that. Which, if there is a world that you can do that, Star Wars is a place where you can do. It. Oh yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely oh yeah hopeful in that regard. Um, but yeah, there, there's so many, there's so many good, so many th- just things to be excited about in general, um, in Star Wars. In, in the gaming world, specifically. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just, I'm very happy about that. I have a question. Do you think yeah. that Knights of the Old Republic, the remake, besides it being a remake, and remakes nowadays are just also very popular in video gaming, um, but do you think Knights of the Old Republic remake, besides being the remake of You know, there's other old Republic, you know, Sith and people that are are canon. Uh, Revan is canon. All these people are canon. These are canon characters uh, now. So, I mean, in a way, I guess it already exists. It's it's just they just haven't done anything with it. But I do personally, I do absolutely think it's coming. I I'm almost certain Kathleen Kennedy kind of sort of hinted at it possibly coming back or being a thing that they're they're thinking about um which i don't think she would say that if you know just to you know just to say it like i feel like that's something that's that's definitely been talked about um and the game in the old in the the online game is still going on yeah it is they're releasing a new expansion this year yeah so i mean i still play it (laughs) so it's like i'm sure I'm sure uh, the old Republic is going to come back. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, j- I just hope that they bring back some of the same writers um, like Drew Carpishan and, and others. I know Bioware is, is you know, t- totally different now, basically. But um, yeah. unfortunately, but I do hope I do hope they they, you know, have some of the same people uh, for the old Republic. Couple things. So one, I do think Knights of the Old Republic, the remake. I I pose that question. I also agree. I do think it's going to be their way of bringing it into canon. I think there are too many stories for them. Besides all the callbacks that they have, Revan's canon, Bane is cat, ca- uh, not Cad Bane. I'm getting ahead of myself. Darth Bane is canon. All that stuff's already canon. And they've already hinted at it. So it's just you know that the Old Republic is something that they're going to explore down the line. And it just I don't want to say easier, but it would be simpler. To just fold those games, those stories that have already been made into canon without contradicting anything that you've done so far. Because it's, you know, thousands of years beforehand. And I doubt they want to spend the amount of time like they're doing now with the High Republic, which was a completely unmapped era, right? No one's really written about it in yep. in expanded universe and legend stories that it, I, they're not going to want to spend all that time and then also draw the ire of fans because the Old Republic era is one of the most beloved eras in all of Star Wars for those who go outside of the, the movies and the shows. So I think they're going to want to avoid that. And by bringing this, making it a new, whole new coat of paint, entirely built but with the same story because that's what they've said. Asper, who's handling, this, who's handling the remake, has said they're keeping the same exact story it's the same thing. They're just updating all of the mechanics and the gameplay elements, but that it is the same story. Uh, so I, that, I think it's their, it's their best option is to just make that canon, which is exciting because that also opens up everything from the older public 
online game, which I love and still hop into, and then the Knights of the Old Republic 2. And I could see them, if they're remaking the first one, they'll remake the second one, of course. Right. It's just a, it's a no-brainer. Um, so, yeah. Now, I, I, on the other part of that that I was, was going to bring up is those Darth Bane books, right? That's that one when I'm done with Midnight Horizon, which uh, which which I'm reading now about a 25 percent of the way through. That's probably going to be my next Star Wars read because we don't really have any. I want to say we don't have any books coming out until April. I want to say the next uh, Star Wars book releases. Um, but those were written by Drew Carpishan. Yes, which uh, I am. I love his Mass Effect books. Um, the 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 books that he released with the original trilogy are some of my favorites because I I love the Mass Effect series. Like it's it's yes. Star Wars up here for me. Star Wars at the very top of all fictional universes. Underneath it, second though is Mass Effect. Always has been. Uh, Mass Effect two in two thousand ten like changed my science fiction life. Um, so so nice. yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, it was it was excited when I saw it. It was your carpition. Like, yeah, now I'm definitely getting into it, one hundred percent. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they do bring him back. And and um, what and, is he up uh, to now? What I don't, I don't even because Bioware is not utilizing him. Yeah, Bioware is like like you mentioned. Bioware has completely changed as a studio. They're they're nowhere. They have some some people are back, especially as they're working on the new Mass Effect Five. Um, they've brought back a ton of a ton of the actual story writers from the original games, which is very exciting. Um, but it still like Drew Carpishan, I don't think said he was going back or anything. It's uh, just very interested because I think they should bring him in if they can to help develop that era. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hopefully they do. I sure hope so. Um, so yeah, we have we have a ton of Star Wars games to look forward to we have a ton of star wars obviously to look forward to but but games over the next few years are going to be huge and so this is really exciting and i i love diving dozens of hours into a video game um so that was the first half of our show you know with big video game news uh the other half of this show is now it what we weren't going to do a formal review of any of the episodes we were going to do a review at the end of the season we checked in after a couple episodes then we were going to wait review at the end of the season uh, but then the last two episodes happened, and they are massive episodes for for these characters, but also for the universe at large. And so there was no way we weren't going to talk of them, talk about them. Um, oh yeah, uh, Book of Boba Fett episode five was dropped last week, and it was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard and written by John Favreau. So I figured we just go you know, episode by episode. So I want to start with episode five last week. This is one of my favorite episodes of Star Wars live action so far between the first two seasons of Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. 1000%. Wow. Yeah. I, it, I, give me your opinions. Episode five. Last week. Yeah. So episode five. So last week's episode was and um and uh, so I actually and I'm going to go back to when I reviewed it because I have reviewed it on my show as well. Um, and honestly, when it, when that episode aired, it was it was I was I was basically certain that was my favorite episode of the Book of Boba Fett so far, um, which I had mixed feelings about because there was no Boba Fett, which we're definitely going to get into <laughs> at some point. Um, but but it was a very good episode. I, I don't really have I don't have anything um I don't really have anything negative to say about it. Um except that it was it was a great episode. Um probably in part because Boba Fett wasn't in it. Which is just it's just it's kinda mind boggling to me. But it was really good. No, I mean seeing Mando, just seeing Mando, um and we knew we were gonna see him because we got the tease at the end of episode four with the music and I was like, Oh, he's coming. Um it was it was just great seeing him and boy he was really it was it was it was the action it was the action that I had wanted to see from Boba Fett or from well from the show in general but from Boba Fett and it was it was great honestly it was you know he's uh, trying to find Grogu and you know he goes into the place in the beginning and he and he. Uh, slices the guy in half which was brutal but, <laughs> but it was but it was but it was awesome. 
<laughs> it was awesome to see. It was great. So it was it was crazy. So, um, boy, that was just just the whole just the whole episode. Honestly, was great. And then when he was battling with with the the Vizsla character, I don't know if they, they gave him his full name, but he's from House Vizsla, and uh, uh, it, it was just it was just great. Um, I don't know. That was one. Of, that was one of the questions I had, just in terms of a takeaway. I don't know what his standing is in his, I guess, sect of the Mandalorians. That I is know one of was... the messiest religions. Like, yeah, I don't ever. know what. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but I guess they like cast him out. The armor basically cast him out, and I was like, is he still a Mandalorian? I mean, I guess he's still a Mandalorian. I, I still consider him a Mandalorian. He still is. I what? one of the the guy called him an apostate. He's which, an apostate, which is which are, an, yeah. <laughs> which I mean I don't know I, I I don't I'm not I don't I don't know but um, but yeah I just thought that was that was very interesting. Well, an apostate is someone that that actually rejects right a religious belief or a political but a religious belief in this instance. But he doesn't reject it. Right. He couldn't he doesn't reject it. Yeah. It wasn't that he was willingly he willfully took off his helmet and said, you know, I can't do this. I don't want to be part of this culture or this religion. No, it was circumstances, you know, forced him to remove it. And then, you know, he goes there and he's asking for forgiveness. It's not the same thing. But then he's told right. that he has no roads of forgiveness because the minds yeah. for this sect are dis- that the mines where you have to go to bathe in the water, the mines on Mandalore mines were destroyed. Are gone. Yeah, they're gone. During the, the, what is it, the Night of a Thousand Tears, which, by the way, like, brutal. Devastatingly brutal to, to see. Um, yeah, yeah. That was, and we had been, we always, it was talked about, mentioned in Rebels, and, and you're wondering going into this series, what happened to them, right? What's What's going on with the Mandalorians? But for them to just completely... I, we get to see that really they were purged and we got to see that purge it was devastating, brutal. Um, the, the episodes like split up into two sections, right? So that first section is Mando figuring out where, you know, um, where the armorer is with, with the Vizsla and then being set out of being told he is no longer a Mandalorian and he's not one of them. And, and then he leaves. Next place he goes is Tatooine. Where yep. we get the most amount of episode one love that we have had since episode one. And I'm I I was like a giddy child. It was a giddy <laughs> child. And when he goes to Pelimato, and I think everything about that interaction, the droids, was absolutely hilarious. Um shout out to Bryce Dallas Howard because this was an absolutely beautifully directed episode. I think it was just it was perfectly paced. And but to have the to then see the Naboo N1 Starfighter that he gets as a replacement for the Razor Crest. And yep. it's not a Razor Crest. He can't really house anybody else except for that tiny little place where he could hold somebody, a certain child, um, you know, in season three of Mandalorian and where, where what would have been the droid, you know, area. Just saying. But um, to see him go to, to test out the ship, to go through Beggar's Canyon, to see the exact same course where the pod race was. For episode one, for for Anakin as a child, uh, yeah. I, oh my God! When I saw I saw him, and then when I saw him do this, the thing where he had to turn to the side and get through this small crack, and I'm just like, oh my God, he's doing this so the same course, right? It's the same thing. Why is he flying through the course? Oh man! I, oh my goodness! I it was it was just so exhilarating. Like I we do, Dave Filoni is a prequels guy. We know this. Clone Wars yep. that era, you know, student of George Lucas. All of that. But to see them actually, because I feel like for so long, Star Wars was trying to stay away from the prequel era outside of whatever Filoni was doing, because I just think there was so much hate around the prequels. And there's 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 less hate now because of the sequels. And now everyone's just, you know, going to hate on the sequels as opposed to the prequels. But and the people that grow up with the prequels are older now. Yeah, the people. that Yes, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. So for to see this happen, for them to set this up, um, and then to find out at the end of the episode that he is, he's got one last thing. Fennec Shand approaches him, says Boba needs you. We know at the end of episode four, Boba needs some new muscle. 
And he says, yes, he'll go, but he's got to stop to make first. And that's go see yep. Grogu. Um, so before episode six, so before we get to that, I will say I never had a problem. And from I, I thought this from the beginning of the series. I never had a problem with them choosing to focus on a different character. I, I will say that the first four episodes for the amount of story we got really wasn't worth four episodes. It was a very it's a very slow four episodes. We didn't get there wasn't much action. And I don't have a I don't have a problem with that per se, but you can tell that it wasn't they didn't have it. You can tell by the end of this season that they don't have a full story for Boba. That's worth the whole even six episodes. No, they just don't. Um, And so when they called it the book of Boba Fett in my head, books, Star Wars books, regular books, any novel cycles through perspectives. And so them having someone else's story in there or them catching up on the Mandalorian before he meets with Boba, actually, I'm okay with. Um, and we'll, we'll definitely talk about it as when we talk about episode six. But I think John Favreau and Dave Filoni have a specific place where they want to start season three. And they needed to get to that place here in this season of Book of Boba Fett. Um, I think they needed to make sure that certain characters had already done and gone through certain things and gotten certain things so that they could just hit the ground running in season three of The Mandalorian. Um, I, that, that, I, that, that, that's, that's certainly how it looked for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, they didn't have enough story for Boba Fett, which is, it's a little bit of a, I'm a little bit sour. I don't want to say sour because I'm not angry about it, but I definitely wish we had gotten more because there is still so much more to do with that character. I feel like they could do, but um, they held back. They held back. But, but, all right. So that was episode five. Episode six is directed by Dave Filoni, co written. And it's written by Dave Filoni and John Favreau. And holy crap, did we get a lot of stuff in here? Oh my gosh. I oh. and it's funny because my brother was telling me, brother Kendall was telling me, um, that I'm we I may need to buckle up for this episode. And I'm like I'm like, I mean, we'll see, you know. As he was saying that we might get Han, we might get Ben. We might get the Academy, and I'm well, like, when, okay. When okay, you get on, when you on. get when you know Dave Filoni's directing, you know you're getting someone. Like that's, that's what just, he said. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. So let's. I'm just like, let's just take it down a notch. We'll watch the episode. I'm sure it'll be nice, and then we'll move on. And it starts out with Cobb Vanth, and I'm like, no, this is not a normal episode. This is a different no. episode. Immediately, <laughs> I knew this is going to be a different episode. Uh, so yeah, wow, what an episode! Oh my goodness. There is so much to talk about because there are just so many little things. Um, and I, I'll get my, I, want, I, want, I don't want to call them grievances, but before we dive into everything, because I know that you, when we, we talked about this a little bit, you think this is absolutely phenomenal. You, oh, yeah. you love this, is, this, this episode. Is this is my favorite Star Wars thing since Disney bought Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Totally honest. This was because the, the the quality of and we'll get to everything that that was shown, but the quality of with the exception of maybe like Rogue One, some of this some of this specific kind of movie ensemble kind of whole things. But just in terms of like an episode of anything, this is definitely far and away, um, you know, what I you know, what what I would have hoped to see, which, again, is bizarre. Because there was basically no Boba Fett in it. It's just so weird to me. I'm still trying to kind of square that away. But this was unbelievable to me. So this is, oh my goodness. But, but we'll get to that. Well, no, I, I, I texted you because we, 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 we texted briefly yesterday um, after I had seen it. And, and I really liked it. And from a canon story, overall story standpoint, I loved it. I loved everything we got. I loved all the callbacks. I loved all the appearances. Like, all of that made sense. In terms of my enjoyment of the actual episode, I, it wasn't my favorite. I'm very much a, a self-proclaimed pretentious film, film snob. Right? I try not to be. I, I, the movie theater is my second yeah. home. Right? I go to see two movies a, a week, pretty much, like on average. I, I'm a big film snob. Uh, so I, I very much when I'm watching these things, as much as I'd love to turn off my brain and just focus on the story, like sometimes the craft of it just mm. kind of stands out in my mind. And that's not to say it's badly made whatsoever, because it's not. 
But for me, I could very much see John Favreau's animation tendencies and his lack of experience. I'm not John Favreau. I'm sorry, Dave well, Filoni. Yeah, this is his third live action project ever. Ever. Yeah. He's only one episode of the first season, one episode of the second season, and one episode of this season for Book of Boba Fett. So I, I feel like there are just some things where it, it it doesn't work with the environment. It doesn't look completely natural or settled in terms of camera blocking. And I don't love his action, like just the way he frames it outside of the Western feel, which we'll we'll talk about. I don't love that. So I wanted to air this like at the beginning because I do want to focus on all the great things because there are so many great things. But I did want to air that and say like I didn't love his directing. So I loved Bryce Dallas Howard's. I think she is a uh, she's very she's experienced and she I I would give her a Star Wars movie right like now just in terms of pure craft. I think it was just so well executed the last episode. This episode not as well. So I wish I think he's learning. I liked it better than the Ahsoka episode last season. I thought the action with that, especially to kick things off, just was not good. Mo- less the blaster action, more the lightsaber action. I think he has something, some stuff to learn. But that aside, let's put that aside because now, now that's how I felt, and that happened throughout the episode. But the canon stuff and the story stuff and the character stuff, fantastic. So it starts off like you said, Cobb Vanth, right at the beginning, and there's that Western feel right from in Timoth- Timothy Oliphant just. He has this natural drawl and he has this natural swagger that oh. just is perfect for his character. For a yeah, for oh. a for a for a sheriff, uh, for a marshal uh, in this town, it's yep. perfect. And Tatooine, it just it's the perfect perfect fit for Tatooine. The perfect fit for Tatooine. Um, you know, even without the armor, he's just as captivating. Great. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. In fact. I don't want to say even more captivating, but without the armor, he can really put like his whole body and, and everything into the performance and his face into the performance. And he is such a good actor. If you see him in anything else, you, you he is so good. Uh, so that was so exciting. It starts off there. He's confronting the Pike Syndicate, who's doing a Pike uh, Spice deal, it seems to be, in the middle near Moss Pelago, correct? Did I say correct? Yep, yep. Moss Pelago, okay. And so from there... We're introduced to Cobb Vance, and then we are going back to the Mandalorian, who has now traveled to... Do we know the name of this planet? I, I do know. I don't, I'm I don't going know. to say it's probably the same in the Kylo Ren comic where we get the flashbacks to when he was training. Do we think it's that same planet? I'm sure it is, honestly. That I'm not... That I'm not I don't really have any doubts about. It. I think I'm pretty sure it is. I'd be, I'd be shocked if it wasn't. Um, so I would yeah. say that's probably, yeah. We go there... Find yeah. out Mandalorian wants to see Grogu. Obviously, he's got a little present from him, which is some best car, which is very nice, very cute. Uh, but we that that transitions into a giant training montage, essentially, for Grogu and who? Luke Skywalker. And the man himself, Luke Skywalker. And can, can we just take a moment to appreciate how amazing he looked? The deep I, fake technology. It's better. Oh it was even better than last season way better than last season it was even better than that brief tiny cameo we got at the end of season two of the mandalorian i was very impressed actually really impressed shamook who did who did it who did his own version on youtube uh last year of the mandalorian and they hired him they brought him in hired him and i'm not just going to give him all the credit because i'm sure they have a whole team of people now yeah, Luke. Um, yeah, but, yeah, but they—I mean, they. Oh my goodness! Um, just I, what this does, from, or just what they're able to do, is just unbelievable. It's, uh, and then of course you got Hamill himself back. Yes, voicing right, providing the capture mm-hmm. right, and voicing, and it is, it is great. I think he went for this very serene sounding like approach, which yep. sometimes it was like I feel like he just. Doesn't he needs more emotion for whatever he's trying to convey? But that's a whole that's a whole different thing. But I was I was very floored with how good this looked and very surprised. Um, and that training montage has so many callbacks. Luke, oh god, the callback! So, oh my god, so many. Oh. Luke tells him about Yoda. We get yeah. that while that's happening. You have the entire classic Star Wars theme going on. 
So yes. that was an awesome moment. Uh, we have Luke um, walking with Grogu by carefully lifting him and placing him a few feet ahead and then catching up. And it's actually the most adorable thing I've seen <laughs> in a really long time. And I thought that was hilarious and adorable. Um, we get, what do we get? He searches through Go Grogu's memory and helps Grogu remember the attack on the Jedi Temple, Order 66. Oh my goodness. And so, there, so there's, so because I had a whole other discussion and I, I'm, uh, I want to bring you in next week and you know that. Uh, so we're going to try to bring you in next week yes, on, on the Imperial broadcast. Um, but there was a, we, we had a whole discussion on our last show um, that we actually just recorded yesterday about who saved Grogu. Um, could have been that saved him. Ooh, theory because, time. Because we see, because they, they see him. They point at him and they see him, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" And his face is like, "Oh my god!" And I'm like, and then it just cuts off there, and I'm like, "We no, no, we have to, we are going to see eventually how he got out of that situation because now that's its own mystery." Um, there's a there's a there's a running theory online that it's Barris Ophi. Um, I've seen the theory. I, yeah. That that seems to big because her crest is on the yeah um, on the right side. Uh, next to one of the Jedi that's defending him or just fighting off the stormtroopers. How do you feel about that theory? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about I, I, I don't know how I feel about just expanding the amount of Jedi that survived the purge in period. Um, yes. I feel like it's getting a, the list is getting a, a little bit long for me at this point. Um, it's, it just takes a little bit away from from uh, from the uh, just from the purge itself. Yeah. Um, but I also don't think it makes sense to be Barris. I only because I I, she was expelled, obviously, yeah, after like she went and framed like, Ahsoka. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was. Uh, she shouldn't have just been, you know, in the temple. She just wouldn't like, have just been in the temple, right? Yeah, now. and then for her to, if she say to him, "You need some serious," like I need a whole comic series to tell me why she all of a sudden wants to <laughs> save Grogu. Exactly. A lot of people think, or honestly, I don't know if they really think this, but they're at least hoping it's Mace Windu, which I, I, I don't think that would make, <laughs> make sense either. Oh, not the Mace. Look, I yeah. love Sam Jackson. I love Mace Windu as the next person. <laughs> but can we even talk about how that doesn't make any sense? No, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> even it, if it he really was alive, sense. where he was at at that very moment, outside a, a high rise, like dead. <laughs> And then at the bottom of a high rise, it just doesn't make sense. So, no, it, it, no, it really doesn't make sense. Even though I know no. Filoni's talked about that a couple times, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. We will we'll see, see what, what happens. happens. But I do think um, that is something they could explore. Um, yeah. Just just to give us a, I think it's one little mystery that doesn't necessarily need to be solved, but it would be cool to see, and it's a way you can add to the lore a little bit, um, and oh, just yeah. give us another connection. Because that's at this point, I would I would I would I have a problem with is when people call all of these things cameos like it's not it's not just a nod at something this star wars is one massive interconnected galaxy oh, full of stories yeah. like it's one story it's one <laughs> massive story with different parts these people coming together and intersecting it's not a cameo it's like no it's just part of the story yeah yeah that can be expanded upon you know whenever they could just expand upon the story because it's all it's all connected. Yeah, um, it's all connected. It's not just a cameo, but, um, but yeah. So we get all those callbacks. We also get a, um, a nice recreation of the Yoda, uh, Yoda Luke training scene. Oh, that was Luke has Yoda on his back, and this time he's got Grogu on his back, and he's jumping through the forest, and he's practicing all his stuff. Yeah, that that cool. I I that I will say was I was I was like, damn, that's pretty cool. That that is really cool. Um, I really I really liked I really liked that. I think there's of course Ahsoka's there. Didn't even touch on that. Ahsoka's also on the planet. She's kind of we. Which that's she kind of just like says her reason family. is that she's a f friend of the family, which feels more like a cool wink nod type of thing for those who you know are attached to Ahsoka, the Clone Wars, and again and all that. But in terms of an actual reason, I don't, I don't know it. I don't know what, what'd you think? 
uh, friend of the I mean, look, I mean, that, that doesn't, that was totally just a, a wink, wink, nod moment. Yeah. Um, I think there's, there is a hundred percent, a greater discussion to be had about what she's doing there. Uh, when she got there, how does she know Luke? When did she meet Luke? Uh, are they going to see each other again? Which I'm sure they will. I'm, I'm certain at this point that Luke is going to be in the Ahsoka show. Like, I think he will be in the show. I, I'm like certain that he'll be in the show. Oh, not just an appearance. No. Yeah, absolutely. No, he's going to, he's going to be in the show. Mm. Um, especially with what they're able to do with this technology. I'm just like, no, he's definitely going to be in that show. And with how they appeared here, like they're buddies now, basically. I'm like, yeah, no, he's definitely going to be in the show. Um, and yeah, there's a, but there's a lot of questions about what she's doing there. And, 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 uh, yeah, it was just crazy just seeing them talking. Just Luke is talking to Ahsoka and it's live action. And it's like, what's happening right now? <laughs> it's a moment that lots of people have been waiting for for, for years now. Oh, my goodness. For years yeah. now, which is really, it's actually really cool to see. Since we first saw Rebels and we know Ahsoka's alive to seeing Ahsoka at the, at the end of Rebels and that post credit scene that, you know, takes place after Return of the Jedi. So you're like, she's alive, obviously. When's she going to meet up with Luke? And that was years ago. What was that, 2017? 2018? That was years ago. Yeah. And so so for that, for that to get that shot of him and Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, it was just, I, it, was, it, was pretty, it was pretty special. It was really nice. It, it's one of those things where if you're a fan of this series and you're a fan of Star Wars for so long, to see it all come together more than ever before. Listen, you could talk about how you don't like the way Disney's done things, you don't like what they did with Star Wars, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But with George Lucas, there was a limit to what we were getting. There mm -hmm. just was. There, yeah. He was working on the Clone Wars show, but, and he had ideas for a sequel, but that's it, that's all he had. He had ideas for a sequel trilogy. He wasn't working on, you know, a bunch of different shows, making it interconnected after Return of the Jedi. He wasn't working on necessarily, I don't know, I don't know what his stance was on Rebels, Bad Batch, all right? high republic stuff he wasn't with disney we've gotten that we've gotten the chance to have things from the clone wars cross over with luke skywalker we may never have gotten that if disney did not buy star wars so i just i feel like you have to acknowledge that yeah yeah i mean you really do i mean this is just uh there really has never been a better time to be a star wars fan um and, we say and it each week and it's just it it's so true I never thought I would be saying that after um, I just after I saw the rise of Skywalker, and I hate to I hate to just immediately take a dig at the sequel trilogy, but but oh, I thought I wouldn't be saying that. Yeah, I thought I wouldn't be saying that, and now I'm yeah. literally saying it every week, and it's just it's it's it is oh man, it is it's so unbelievable what we're seeing. So just to add, because we're not even done, we're about halfway through the episode. Um, I won't go back and forth because the 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 show goes back and forth. The episode, I should say, goes back and forth in terms of perspectives. We know that Mando doesn't actually see Grogu, but he does leave the, oh um, he He's leaves the armor. Yeah. It, oh man. When you know that Grogu sensed him, but, oh my God. uh, he leaves the armor and I, I don't want to jump back and forth. So I'll let this side, this story play out. We know that Luke Skywalker can't tell if Grogu's heart is in it. And he has a large attachment to a strong attachment mm -hmm. to Mando. Um, to, yep. to Din. And this is where I think it's exciting, but I've seen a lot of different takes on mm -hmm. what it actually could mean for the character of Luke Skywalker. So he lays out this choice in front of him. He has Yoda's lightsaber on one side, and he has the armor from Mando, from Din, on the other side. And he gives Grogu an ultimatum, a choice. You can take the armor, but you will have to go back with Mando, and you won't be a Jedi. Or you can take the lightsaber and you will train here and I'll make you a great Jedi. And I, one, I have a feeling he picked the armor. I just, I think that's what they're setting up. But I don't love this choice that Luke is giving him. I, um, I, I yeah. don't love this choice. And I'll explain my reasoning mm -hmm. and, then, and then you can tell me if you do agree or disagree. He mm -hmm. is very, we know that by Last Jedi, Luke Skywalker does a lot of things that end up in failure. And everything goes to crap and i could see it as somebody who tries to replicate the jedi order tries to replicate what they are and by doing this whole no attachments thing which we've talked about on the show per before 
this whole no attachments thing. He's just repeating the mistakes of the past. And that's I think that's just him. He's setting himself up for failure later on. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, no, I mean, honestly, I totally agree. Um, so in in story, I agree with you. I, I, I hate it. I think it's it's a terrible decision just in general <laughs> um, for him to do that. Um, kind of looking at it from the outside, I mean, I guess I see that, you know, it kind of points to the, the flaws of the Jedi in general, um, which I which I understand. Um, I agree with you also. I, I do think he's going to end up he's going to pick the armor, though. I hope he doesn't personally. I want to see Grogu learn to be a Jedi. Um, to the point where if he picks the armor, I hope someone trains him. I hope Ahsoka trains him. I hope somebody trains him. One of the things that was mentioned in, I can't remember the exact release, but it had said that Ben Solo was Luke's first student. Now, has Star Wars live action, Star Wars TV in general, retconned printed material? Oh, yeah. yes. They in this episode. Yoda's yeah. lightsaber was supposed to have been destroyed. Exactly. In the 2017 Vader comic, it was destroyed. And yeah. so with them bringing it back here was already one retcon. It happened in Bad Batch with Caleb's, back, Caleb's backstory. It happened in Ahsoka yeah. slightly. So it, there are some things, and we know that they could retcon. Would they retcon this? I don't know. I really don't know because you would think that if he trains Grogu, this is... This has to be at least, if this is five years after Return of the Jedi, five to six years, then this has to be at least 15 years before he starts training Ben Solo. Does he only have Grogu between now and Ben Solo? Do they retcon that completely and say he starts training a bunch of people if he does keep Grogu? Just, there's a lot of different things to explain. I'm very interested to see what actually happens. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, it is very interesting. Uh, I don't know how much of this we're, we're going to find out or how we're yeah, going to find it out. I think this is my canon brain just going into like, this is what we've been told and how does it make sense? I don't think they're actually that worried about explaining it. Like, I'll also say that they're not worried about explaining exactly how this fills the bridges the gap over the next 25 years before The Force Awakens. They're not concerned with that at all. But I'm, I'm just curious. Oh, no, I am too. I mean, I want the answers to all of this. I want to know all of it. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering, what, where do you think we're, and this is, and I, I'm just, I guess this is just a bigger kind of general question. Where do you think we're going to go with Grogu? I have no idea. I, I, like I said with, like I said before we talked about this episode, I mentioned in the last, our discussion all of 20 minutes ago in episode five that this was obviously John Favreau wanting to make sure certain things happened and certain things were set up for them to pick up in season three of the Mandalorian. Like they have, it seems for that, at least they have a story they want to tell and that's where they want to start it. I, I think Grogu will go back with Mando, but I don't know how that's going to play into an overall story or how that furthers the Grogu character. Because as much as I like Grogu and I really do, Baby Yoda is, he's so affectionately called by still a lot of the population. He, there's only so much you can do for so long with a character relying mostly on their cutesy factor. Yeah, That's what, with, with Din Djarin, that's what he is. He's a child who is just so cute. They love seeing that relationship and how adorable he can be and the things that he does that makes Din a little upset. And, and it's wonderful relationship. And the first two seasons, that was fantastic to watch. And it added to Din's character, right? It made Din a better character. Now he's developed, and that's great. And he'll continue to develop as he as he looks for his own purpose and his own people after being cast out. But for Grogu, if he just goes back to that kind of role with Din, how does that further the Grogu character? I don't know. I don't think it does. Yeah, I know that, and that's that's what I was. That's what I'm kind of concerned about. Um, because I know if we get him in Mando season three, um, that if, if, and when I say if we get him, if he's like just tagging along with Mando again, I, I just don't want 
to get have the same old kind of, you know, what am I going to do with you? And you need to go back with your people. And, you know, we need to, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do with you, Grogu. How do I handle you? Blah, blah. I'm just kind of just like, I, I need, you know, I feel, I feel like we need to move on from that. Um, we do. And Grogu's not talking yet. And he won't be suddenly talking. talking by season three. Right. So yeah. I feel like if he was a little bit older and he could start talking, then you'd have a whole new aspect of the relationship right. that you could explore. But exactly. you don't because he's because he ages so slowly. He ages so and that's like a, the biggest issue, honestly, is that he ages so slowly. I don't know why they made him so young. I don't know. I, Otherwise, they're either, either going to have to leave him somewhere with some other people, maybe bring him to Yoda's planet or something and leave him with a family there. Or, or you know, something else, something or something bad's gonna have to happen to him, which they can't do that now. Oh, they wouldn't. Would want oh, they wouldn't. That. Oh, but they could. I don't even think they would. Like, I, I, I don't, don't think, think they, they would. That's no. too cool. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're trying to set up so that Grogu is, I don't know, alive in five hundred years, and that's really just what they're showing. Like, here's his starting point. But when the Jedi Order is rebuilt five hundred years from now, see, now you have your Yoda character. I'm not saying it's going to be that. It's also a very just very, you know, tiny little idea that probably won't be a thing. And I'm, I'm slightly joking, but I don't see how keep, keeping him with man with with Mando furthers his story at all. I think he is better off with Luke. I think so. I, agree. I, I just but I don't think they will. Me I don't neither, think so. Which is very upsetting. Uh, you know, I don't know why. Once Luke gave him that ultimatum, I was like, oh my god, this is so tense, and I hate that he did this. <laughs> I, and, like, we're hate, we, we both don't like it from both decisions, right? From both sides of you. From the storytelling side of you, right? From an yeah. outside audience member going, how does this help mm -hmm. the story at all? How yeah. does this help Mando Season 3, Grogu, or Din as characters? Yeah. But then also an in-story canon explanation we're also like, Luke, you're being stupid. Why are you offering him this? Why are you making him make this choice? This horrible decision. Have you not? Did we not learn anything from the rest of, of then again, he doesn't know as much, right? Because he didn't live through that time. That's fine. And a lot of things, not everything, but a lot of things were destroyed by the Empire. So we could excuse that. But still, it's definitely setting up for failure. So we're, we're just frustrated on both levels with this decision. Yes. On both levels. Um, we're not even done yet. Because that's not the end of the episode. I mean, no. technically, that's like the end of the episode because we skipped over. But the other part, once we switch off of Luke and Grogu um, training, we also know that the Pike Syndicate has made an attack and they officially blew up. I don't know the name of the club. Um, uh, but I forgot. But on they've made their first very public attack. Um, and, you know, that was essentially a declaration of war. So Din travels back, meets up with Boba. Uh, says he knows that he um he knows some people that could help out, so he actually travels to Mos Pelga and he meets back up with Cobb Vanth. Wonderful, wonderful storytelling there. Just the 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 back and forth between them, fantastic. Absolutely love that. We go back outside. Mando leaves. Cobb Vanth says, "I don't know if I'll send you. We know he's probably going to send some people, and that'll add to the cavalry for Boba." But for, before that, we get a, and the name of the episode is From the Desert Comes a Stranger. And yes. in From the Desert comes this gunslinger walking in. And who is it but Cad Bane? Cad Bane shows up. And how, how soon did you realize it was Cad Bane? Did you know it immediately? I, almost immediately. I think maybe not the wow. first. I think maybe not the first. You know what it is? When you know it's Filoni directing, and you know people <laughs> have been asking, and then you know that this is the perfect type of show for more bounty hunters to show up. <laughs> right. It, my head kind of put it together. But then once you start to see that silhouette get a little bit closer, you think the hats, right? Yeah, once, the, the jacket. Yeah, once the hat Yeah, showed once up you for, can tell that hat's yeah. there, you know it's you know it's Cad. It's got to be a Cad Bane. You and... He is on the side of the Pikes, right? He, I guess the Pikes hired him, and he's telling pretty much, he's telling Cobb Vanth to keep his nose out of this business. Out of business that, that isn't his. He has no nose. 
yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was Grace. He exactly. Um I will and then there is a shootout and he shoots both the new deputy marshal, uh some rando we knew wasn't going to make it. And he also shoots Cobb Vanth. In between yeah. that though, we get this, and this is one part where I thought Dave Filoni actually directed really well, and that is the Western vibe. The hands hovering over the guns waiting to duel right like oh my goodness it was so tense oh my goodness so tense and the beauty of of lucasfilm and making sure that they brought back the actual voice actor from the clone wars Corey burton so it's the same guy and i was very worried when he started talking it's actually the voice sounds like a little bit more gravelly a little lower but when he started talking i was a little concerned it's like, please don't make it somebody that just tries to emulate that voice because it's such an iconic voice. Like when you oh, yeah. can hear that voice, when you're replaying memories of the Clone Wars, I don't know if that's just me, but when you're replaying memories of the Clone Wars in your head and you think about Cad Bane, like you hear that voice. It's so <laughs> iconic. It's so distinct. So I didn't want them to divert from that and try to get somebody else to emulate. So they brought back Corey Burton and it sounds phenomenal. Oh, he sounded phenomenal. Oh yeah, yeah. He sounded fantastic. He sounded fantastic. Um, he looked terrifying. Boys, he looks scary. Yep. yep. Oh, they nailed makeup and prosthetics. Nailed the appearance. Yeah, they did a great job. Oh, wow, man. I think the hat's a little smaller than it was last time we saw it, but that's a scary. little smaller. I, I'm okay with that because I feel like they made it bigger. He, he it looked kind of goofy. Honestly. It would look goofy. Well, it's the same reason. It's along the same lines of why. Ahsoka's Leku, not Leku, um, headtails are shorter. Yeah. Because if they were so long, hard to deal with, and it, then it looks a little, looks a little cartoony. Hard, it's that, right, that right, hard yeah. to deal with in live action. But yeah, he, I was, we talk about Luke, and yes, that de-aging technology has come so far, and it's fantastic. And then we see Cad Bane, and there's the makeup and the prosthetics nailed it. That it didn't feel like I was watching some guy just like dressed up as Cad Bane. I looked, I was watching Cad Bane in live action. Right. Oh my goodness. Oh, so good. It was, it's, that was, I, whenever you, when I rewatched the season, when I rewatched the episode this morning, it, that scene just still stands out to me. It's just, a, it's so well done. And you know, Star Wars has always been influenced by Westerns and samurai films. So Dave Filoni did that. <laughs> like George Lucas has been very upfront that it's Westerns and samurai films that have shaped the Star Wars galaxy and that he did, you know, he was emulating a lot of those elements. So to have Dave Filoni last season was very much a samurai type episode with Ahsoka. And then for him to then switch gears and then make this a Western type episode for Book of Boba Fett just felt very, that felt very Star Wars. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It did feel very Star Wars to me. This whole episode felt very Star Wars, but yes, I agree. That definitely did. Did did I hit everything from the episode? Is there anything I missed? Uh, no. I think I think you pretty much hit everything. Um, Din Din is back with uh, with uh, Boba Fett and his crew. Yep. yep. Um, and uh, did they say they were going to get anybody else? That they were going to try to get no, anybody else? Okay, so let's. This could be our jumping off point and where we end this discussion as well. Yeah. Where do we think? What's your hype level for episode seven? And where do you, what do you think we're going to get? And do you think we'll get anybody else? Um, I do think we're going to get somebody else. I don't know who, um, I feel like almost like we have to a little bit to be totally honest, because if we don't, I feel like the finale is just not going to be as good as this episode was to me. (laughs) Um, any predictions or, uh, or desires? Uh, I want at least at least one of of um. Oh, and I won't discount flashbacks. Also, okay, uh, we may okay. get some flashbacks. I think that would ca- also count as them bringing somebody else in if we it get could. somebody else yeah. special in a flashback. I don't really know if I have any requests, any specific requests. I was kind of hoping they'd bring the game back together in terms of the boss Dengar ID eighty eight. And I was I was thinking, um, anybody think we're gonna get a Bosk cameo? That seems to be the next name. 
Well, you know what they have? It's going to be cool for next episode, not to cut you off, and so I want you to finish, but it's going to be cool to see those characters that have history together. Like, Kaz got history with Boba. Boba's got his. Kaz got history with Fennec. Fennec Shan, yep. So it's going to be cool to see that, but continue. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That will be cool to see. Um, You know, hopefully we do get some more people. Um, You know, I don't know. I know... uh, Black Kersantan is in is in the show. Maybe we'll get a. Uh, um, I mean, I mean, I think the the kind of uh, the big person that I, I you know I, I know my brother keeps telling you about is Han. He wants to see Han and or Chewie, um, probably as a pair. Um, I don't think we're gonna get that personally. I wouldn't predict that. That would be amazing though. I don't know if I feel like Alden Ehrenreich would almost have to show up. Unless they want to de-age Harrison Ford, but that would just be really weird. Um, since we already had a live-action Han Solo, um, but I don't know how or why he would show up, so that's a little strange. But um, that's something. And uh, the only other thing I can think of is I don't know if Afra shows up. I mean, I know she's dealt a lot, she's dealt with Kersantan a lot, so I don't know if that'll be a thing. Um, that's just about the only other thing I can think of that would blow me away. Um, and I don't think they're going to do Leia just, just out of respect for, uh, Carrie Fisher as well. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's about the only other thing I can think of, honestly, unless we get a Thrawn, but I don't think, uh, he doesn't fit in this story at all. So I don't think it's Ahsoka series. Yeah. Ahsoka series, which I'm assuming Ahsoka series is going to focus on the search for Ezra because Oh, that's a whole other conversation. But it just feels yeah, like that's where we Ezra. And, yeah. um, and uh, honestly, the, how Cad Bane looks here is giving me more hope for Thrawn and how he's going to look. Because I was yeah, like, oh, oh, yeah. um, oh, and they need to get the same. Who, Lars Mickelson? Who's, who's, what's his name? That does the. Yeah, voice yeah, for, Lars Mickelson. Yeah. I, 100%, they should also get him back to do. Uh, there's no reason not to. Is that. It, listen, you could yeah. say what you want about Thrawn. His was he as menacing or as smart as he was in the heir to the Empire novels, right? You could have that whole conversation. But if there's one thing they did, they got the presence and they got the voice, one hundred percent. Every time he was on screen, you were just like, <sighs> so. Um, I, I also would just quick note. I would love a Do- Doctor Afro series. That's just, I really would, because I think that would be a ton of fun. But um, I love kind of the just the fan casting of um, Chloe Bennett. Yeah. Uh, oh yes. I didn't, I hadn't even heard that, but I am down. Oh, I'm so down. Afro. <laughs> I, I loved Sky slash Daisy and and Shield. One hundred percent. I think she's, I think she's a fantastic actress. So oh, yeah, great. I'm very down for that. Um, I don't think we're gonna get anybody else. I feel like between the showdowns with Cad Bane and having Mando in there, maybe getting, I think we might get like a quick end of battle type scene where we get like, I don't know, a hint nope. at someone else. Yeah. Leading into either season three of Mando or, or another ep- series, whatever they want to spin off on if they're going to do that. But um, I don't think we'll get anyone else, which I'm okay with. I think it's kind of time that they will focus on the story that they originally were building toward that we haven't, talked about it all for weeks so yeah i really do think this will be one of those everything comes to a head full out action episode i believe this one's being directed by robert rodriguez yes it is so, yeah so i think he has an eye for action um he yes he does absolutely so i think that's what we're going to focus on for that episode which is okay with me um so i am i'm excited we'll definitely talk about that um next week any any last thoughts on the uh on the episode or anything Star Wars before we end today's episode? Um, you know, I'm just I'm just glad I'm just glad that we're getting more Star Wars, more of this content. I mean, it's amazing the technology that we have now, this the movie making technology. Um, it's just so it's just so advanced to get all these worlds. Um, I feel like all the books, all the games and everything is just so any, they could do anything. I feel like all this, these things that we're seeing, um, you know, are just. I feel like almost anything is on the table in terms of what, whatever you want to see in live action. 
So, um, yeah, I'm just thankful. It's just, I'm just glad to be here to see this. <laughs> so, yeah, that's really it. No, I 1000% agree. We are spoiled. I can't even imagine, I don't know, going back, to, you know, let's say nine years before Force Awakens comes out and you got some legend stuff, but we barely had anything. Um, you had Clone Wars still going on or, or it had just ended and we got that season six on Netflix. It was, there just wasn't the amount of Star Wars content that we're getting now. And now you were getting comics on the comics on the regular every week. You're getting a High Republic, which we have both professed our love for. We got this corner of the Star Wars universe with this TV universe going here with Mando and Boba. So I am very thankful, very thankful for all the creators and the writers who are involved. It's just we loved Star Wars when there wasn't so much Star Wars to geek out over week by week and uh, have being fed now is just exciting. So um, definitely a lot to be thankful for. Uh, This has been our episode this has been our show geeking out over star wars i believe this is episode 14 i think um we will be back very shortly obviously we have the end of boba fett to talk about so um either within next week or the week after we'll talk about the finale to boba fett um we're both working on midnight horizon so we'll definitely have a review and breakdown for that because that really is the that's the last novel of phase one for the high republic era so that'll be a pretty big one. I imagine it'll go out with a bit of a bang. Uh, we have that to look forward to. Um, that, there's always more. There's always more to look forward to. More to talk about. Uh, Shamari, my friend, where can people find you? Plug your stuff. Uh, yes, please. Please come find me. You can find me at uh, the New Generation Podcast Network. That's NU Generation Podcast Network. Uh, you can look that up anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, where I have a Star Wars show on there called the Imperial Broadcast uh, that we try to record every week. Um, so you can always check that out. I'm going to try to have Zach on the show next week. Uh, so you'll definitely want to check that out as well. Um, and uh, yeah, and we also have a YouTube channel, New, New Generation Media. Uh, so check that out as well. I'm very excited because I really hope, I really, really, I'm crossing my fingers here, nobody sees it, but I really hope that I get to be on the episode next week. So definitely um, Shamari's new generation media with his brothers is fantastic. So I do, I do encourage you listen, um, especially if I'm going to be on next week. Uh, I don't have any stuff for myself to plug, but that's okay. We do have some things for this podcast that we are working on. Uh, so that'll be more that we'll share, you know, in the coming weeks and that'll be exciting. Um, but for now, this has been geeking out over star Wars. Thank you for listening and we will see you soon.